Canuck Central here on a Friday. So, you know, it's time for the mailbag. We'll get to that in just a moment. If you missed the opening hour of the show, Yannick Hansen joined us. His take on what the Canucks might do at the draft and in the lead into free agency. Yeah. Uh, Yannick is uh, still very much a uh, best player available guy. Mm-hmm. Was uh, a part of the organization, part of the team when they uh, drafted Olya Levy over Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. I mean, he knows. He knows a thing or two. Just take the best player available. Things can change, man. Things change so quickly. Look at Calgary. Everybody wants out now. Yep. Everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Legitimately everybody. They've got (laughs) nothing left. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see about uh, what happens there, but uh, check out that conversation with Yannick. He joins us every Friday. Always has incredible insights on the Vancouver Canucks. Subscribe to Canucks Central. That way you never miss any of our weekly insiders, our exclusive interviews, inside info, and during the season, every single post-game show after every single Canucks game. All right. As mentioned, it is Friday. Let's get to the mailbag here on Canuck Central. We've got uh, producers Josh Elliott Wolf and Vic behind the glass. Hello. What's happening? Uh, we will start with this one. Yes. Kyle, realistically, what do you think the Canucks draft position is at if they play Demko four or five less games? Do, do, do. Um, so four to five fewer games. So uh, Colin Delia and Arthur Silovs during that time had winning records. Yeah. Don't forget that. It's not like, you know, Silovs and Delia were playing poor, poorly. Mm-hmm. The teams was playing better and the goaltending was better as well when, when Demko wasn't playing. So I, I don't think it's fair to assume that, let's say, let's put the number at four, right? So yeah. if Demko had four fewer starts, you can't just say, oh, they would have lost all four. Well, let's I mean, say they, they go 500. 500, right? So four points. I think realistically, and we discussed this, I think realistically Vancouver could have got itself at no, number nine or eight. It yeah. would have been at eight if they eight. had four fewer. Yeah, I think at eight. I think, I think real, and we discussed this. Like realistically, I think if you want to be upset about anything, be upset that they missed out on eight or nine. Yeah, because yeah, four points, uh, they're at 79 all of a sudden, so that puts them below Washington. And eight is... Like you're in a real nice spot if you're at eight. You know, yeah. you might have a chance at Dalibor Dvorsky. Or Mitchkov. Or Mitchkov at eight. Yeah. So, yeah. And your pick of the defenseman, potentially. Um, it, the schedule was so incredibly soft <laughs> down the stretch for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, but, you know, Rick Tockett came in and he really wanted to win hockey games. Mm-hmm. So, it is what it is. Happened. All right, next one. Abby, if you had to make a decision right now, who do the Canucks end up with at 11, not factoring in any trades? Uh, if I had to guess right now? Yeah, to guess right now, pretty much predict the top 10 and figure out who, who they end up with. Uh, Nate Danielson. Ooh. I'm just going to go with uh, the guy I like, Dmitry Simashev. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Willand. All right, there we go. Three different names. Tape him for Sat's guy. And also, I just wanted to be different. Sat was in on Willinder before everyone else. I am. In, I'm still on. I'm like, the, the question was, who is going to get picked? Not who would I pick? Well, they yes. took him out to dinner. So. I'm saying. Well, we took a lot of guys out for dinner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, one CDN, what player of the five they took out for dinner would you be disappointed in if they selected at 11? Uh, Matthew Wood. 
So it, yeah, just to recap, the yes. five were Matthew <laughs> yes. Wood, yeah. Zach Benson, yeah. Colby Barlow, Tom Melander, and um, the other guy. Zach Benson, you mentioned him? I mentioned Zach Benson. Danielson. 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 Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, those are the five guys they've taken so far, hoping and planning to meet with Shimashev as well, and perhaps another couple of players too. I'm with you on Wood. Like, just in my soft rankings that I've started to put together for next Wednesday as we get to Draft Central, like, Wood is the lowest of all the names that they've interviewed. So, Matthew Wood has size, mm-hmm. good shot, skating's decent, could Scored get really well I mean, in the played, NCAA this He played year. in the NCAA in his draft year, and yeah. he was a point-per-game player. Like, he was really he had, he had He was really good. I watch him play, too, and I'm... I just like other guys more than him, but I, I do. That's see really it. what it comes. That's down what it comes to. down to. And and I think he's going to be a winger, not a center. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of things about him. But he's really good. I just if I'm looking at the wingers, I like Barlow better. Yeah. So that's how I view it. And again, like he's a like I'm not guy. even a big like I'm not a huge Benson guy. I know there's some people that are like mm. if Benson falls to 11, you don't even think about it. Just draft Benson. I, I think about guy. it, but I like Benson. <laughs> I'm I'm not that guy necessarily, but I'd still look at Benson before I'd, I'd uh, look at Wood in this uh, sort of a conversation. Wood Wood would be the name that uh, I think 11 is just a little too rich for yeah. Matthew Wood. Uh, five Canucks thoughts. Do the Canucks make over or under half a trade before they step on stage before their first pick? Over. Uh, over before. So between now and the, or like the start of the draft. Right? So they make Today. at least one trade before Wednesday's draft. Between now and for, the draft? Yeah. I, I think it's just well yeah maybe between now and the draft but i think it's just talking about draft day draft day so not the first so the first day only i'd say i'd say one i'd say over 0.5 i wouldn't say over like i'm not going to predict two trades on draft day i can predict a second trade on day two like draft weekend if i put the draft uh, trades at one and a half i'm taking the over well and and do you include like the trading two fourths for yeah exactly i'm including like any any type of trade down i think you know yeah, those happen in, on day two, and I think Vancouver's trying to do stuff. And I see, and I and I always, I always fade, I always yeah. fade move. I'm like, wow. Action. I was gonna say under, but now that Sat's going over, I'm like, Take something's over. definitely happening. <laughs> Remember how boring Sat was last year? Was I wrong? Well, there was like one trade, and everybody lost it. Oh, look at the Brinkat, and it was like, it was like, it was like one trade. Everybody I relaxed. mean, there was something. Something brewing, at least. There was nothing happening. And nothing. And I was like, it's not going to happen. And we got mad at me. But they were reporting. Like, I'm telling you, it's not happening. And we got so <laughs> mad at me. Like, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm telling Lou you Lamarello the truth. wasn't such an old man. Yeah, uh, I know. Maybe something would have happened. Maybe I ain't mad at you, Okay. <laughs> uh, Paper Moonshine. What would it cost to move up to the Flyers draft position to draft Mitch Cobb? Too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the funds. <laughs> <laughs> insufficient <laughs> funds <laughs> decline why <laughs> no, is the tap not Sorry, working yeah. yeah no line of credit can get you there Sorry, well, bud. yeah Trying i mean to use the other card yeah it's not working, <laughs> not working. well i mean it, and that's assuming now is there a better chance let's say mitchkov goes before eight yeah and all of a sudden, Detroit's like, I mean, sorry, Washington's like, well, we had a top five, and we have Mitch Cobb. We're hoping he's going to fall here. We're kind of scrambling all of a sudden. Do they say, you know what, let's take a reset? Would they take, like, a future, like, a prospect in a, in a second or in a third or something? Maybe. I, that's the only scenario yeah. I see is that they kind of, I wouldn't say panic, but, like, they're disappointed and say, you know what, let's just let's just take some masses and move down. But I don't see it. At bare minimum, it would you would have to have at least a, a second-round pick mm-hmm. in the deal to move up even if it's just a couple of spots. And the Canucks don't have a second-round pick in this year's draft. They don't have a second-round pick in next year's draft. I don't think any team is looking at a 
you know, yeah, we'll take 11 and a 2026 20, second rounder mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Sign me up. No, I, I think they'd just rather be like, nah, we'll just we'll make the pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of it's tough for the Canucks. And that's why we've all kind of faded a little bit with what Patrick Alvin mentioned earlier this week. I, I just don't see a lot of teams trading out of the top 10 for you know, your pick, a pick swap essentially, mm-hmm. and Nils Hoaglander. Like yeah. I don't think that that type that type of deal doesn't get it done. Or Jack Rathbone or something like that. Like the Canucks don't have the prospect capital even to make that make sense. So like last year the Canucks were trying to get guys like John Marino or whatever. Yeah. And like what what did Marino go for? Third round pick and Ty, Ty Smith. Smith. Vancouver was in on all these types of players. They were probably moving trying to offer mm-hmm. a guy like Rathbone, maybe yep. a pick in a third and they weren't preferred. Yeah. So it kind of tells you, like, the value is not super high on a lot of these prospects Vancouver has either. Exactly. You know, and the guys that, you know, might have high value or higher value are the guys they just drafted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they might want to hold on to, or at least for the time being. And guys like Hoaglander and, and Rathbone have uh, very real waivers, question marks, going mm-hmm. into next season, too. So, uh, Next one comes from Jabo. Leading up to the draft, we always get a lot of rumors and the possibility that we could see a lot of wheeling and dealing on the first day of the draft that inevitably doesn't transpire is there reason to believe that things might be different on wednesday i want to say yes because there is a few situations playing out here that could push or force more movement like the calgary situation is real winnipeg wants to get rid of pierre-luc dubois they didn't even offer him arbitration so Winnipeg knows they're trading Pierre-Luc Dubois very soon. Whether it's at the draft or in the next couple of weeks. Like, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think, is getting traded sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, the Brinkat with the Ottawa Senators, that's a situation that is... Well, they have to move him, too. Like they have can't. to move him and probably at the draft recoup at least a draft pick after you gave up seventh overall for him last year. Um and the Flyers, like, Briere is on record in saying he wants to at least get one more first-round pick here. And he's got Travis Konechny. He's got some other players that could potentially get him that right. second first-round draft choice. So I do believe that there is a real chance that we see some movement uh, as we get closer to day one of the draft. So uh, usually we hear so much scuttlebutt, right? Yes. It's gone very quiet. Very which actually, quiet. Which actually leads me to believe that maybe some serious things are being discussed. Because mm. anytime there's so much buzz, anytime people are hyping it up, like, oh, so much discussion, so much buzz, it's like, it's usually hot air. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not, I, and I'm not crapping on anybody's reporting. That's not my point. Because they're doing their jobs. They're, they're getting info and there are discussions. But things aren't that serious and far down the road. Because when they are, it goes quiet. Yeah. So hopefully, that's a, that's a good omen. Emergency pod this weekend? Who says no? Uh, I might have to say no, but it's between a certain time on Saturday. Okay. That's the only thing. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't fall between that certain time on Saturday. Because if it does, uh, for the betterment of my relationship, mm. I may have to decline. All right. Well yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next. Uh, Austin and Langley. If the Flames go into full rebuild mode, who makes it to a Western Conference final first? A rebuilt Flames roster or the Vancouver Canucks? The Vancouver Canucks. Just making it. So basically winning two rounds. Oh, Vancouver. Yep. Calgary's a mess. Calgary's a mess. Now, okay, I will say this. Calgary, there is a chance if Calgary, you know, let's say does some interesting things with their assets. Because they have four players they're going to trade. 
mm-hmm. could be four decent assets back in return. Yeah. So it's not like the team you're seeing today is a team you're going to see this time next year. So there's a chance like you know things fall in place for them, and they have some good pieces. But I'd, I'd still shade Vancouver. I still uh, wonder if Calgary's all in on like you know just getting futures for those guys and trying to sort of regenerate and come back in a couple of years' time. Because like with the assets they have, they can get a significant amount of draft and prospect capital mm-hmm. with you know trading to Foley, trading Lindholm, trading Hannafin, trading Tanev at the deadline, trading Backlund at the deadline like you could make an argument there's five first round picks right there yeah so they could turn it around pretty quickly if they go hard in on this rebuild but it's just unlikely that they do that i'd still take the canucks all right this one from anish can you guys go over why colorado targeted devin taves as a pair for kale mccarr maybe the canucks can apply this when looking for a partner for quinn hughes so there, there aren't many things that Kale McCarr does poorly, but for a, for a moment, for a time, for a fleeting maybe year and a half, mm-hmm. Kale McCarr was kind of lost defensively. Yeah. A little bit. You know, he kind of had issues with where to be and, and how to process things. And if you got him into uh, certain situations defensively, you could take advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Devon Taves, good defensively, good at everything, really. Like, he's a really good player. But really smart, good defensive player, plays the opposite side, right? And I think they looked at a guy who could fill his shortcomings, but at the same time being a guy who can play at a high level, move the puck quickly, and skate quickly as well. Those are things Devon Taves can do. I think that's the biggest lesson. Now, Kiel McCarr has shored everything in his game up. He doesn't really have weaknesses anymore, which is yep. like, it's terrifying. Like, it's yes. really terrifying. That's why if, if you make the case to me that Kiel McCarr is the most important player in the league, I may not disagree with you, even though Connor McDavid is the most talented player. I mean, that's just, you know, I can, I can, I can listen to the argument about yeah. that with, with Kale McCarr. But that's what they did. They found, they targeted a player who does the things that Kale didn't do great, plays the opposite side, and could stabilize things when he's in his own end. Canucks uh, would definitely, you know, <laughs> they would benefit from finding a player like that to play next to Quinn Hughes, you know, and they found a... Um, bargain version and Luke Shen maybe Luke Shen returns but you gotta find something a little bit better than that problem is those are that much more difficult to find on the right side and the Canucks aren't the only team looking for those types of players Pig Dom how much of the seven million dollars in cap space created from the OEL buyout will still be there by the time training camp opens I I mean, they have 6.44 million. They're not going to have any of it left. They're going to be in LTIR. When the season begins, they'll be in LTIR. Yeah. They're going to use it all. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and even, and honestly, like, when you look at it, like, right now, 6.4 million. Yeah. It's not even that much. No. Like, when you think about it, the Canucks still have to fill out four spots on their roster. Mm -hmm. Even if you do a million each, which they're not, there'll still be a little bit more. That already leaves you at 2.4. Yeah. Of cap space left, which tells you just by filling out the roster and just signing a couple of depth pieces, you're at. The cap limit. Now, you can go into LTIR. Now, we'll see what Pearson, who uh, the general manager said could be ready for training camp. Yes. So, if he is, then you have even less cap space to play with, potentially. Then Pullman's the only guy on LTIR. We'll see if they sign Ethan Bear. But they're not going to have any any actual cap space left. They'll have LTIR space left when the season begins, if that. That's why uh, adding a Ryan O'Reilly to this team, you got to do some real uh, math- mathematic gymnast- gymnastics yes. to make it work. <laughs> 
Or like send Connor like so. Okay, qu- quick one sidebar. Somebody texted in and said, "Why is Travis Konechny worth a first round pick? He's an undersized winger. What with a motor, I can sc- he can score a little bit. It's a head scratcher. He's good, but he's also undersized, like five ten, maybe yeah, five nine. Yeah, yeah. Like him, what's the difference between him and Connor Garland? Konechny's better. Yes, but is he significantly better? He can score a bit more. Can score a bit more. Maybe do a few more things for you. Play any power play actually a little bit. So again." My point being, if like he just plays an entirely different game than Garland. He does. He gets in on, yeah. on but my point is he's an undersized guy, right? Does it make sense for Philly to be a team that once if they move Konechny out, like would they would they look at a Garland and say, "Okay, he can fit that role in a different lower sense?" That's all I wonder about yeah. about Philly and Garland because I know they're trying to move Garland to anywhere really. And a team I kind of wonder about is Philly. Interesting. Yeah. All right, next. Next one's from JL. What would your best and worst event be at the draft conference? Oh, this is a good one. So the pull-ups. I, yeah, there's there's a lot of events. <laughs> there are a lot of events. Can you okay, read through the events? Uh, okay. So there's the the normal ones like just measuring your wingspan and stuff, but then there's grip strength, yeah. bench press max power, so lifting 50% of your body weight, uh, standing long jump, vertical jump, pull-ups, a couple agility tests, the VO2 test. Yeah. Uh, single leg squats, curl ups, balance board, hex agility, push ups, upper body push and pull strength, seated medicine ball throw, and the sit and reach. Oh, sit and reach. All right. Wow. You got to wow. be flexible. Yeah, you do have, you have to be flexible. Now, uh, any of the jumping ones because of my knee, I, <laughs> I'd be worried about. Although my vert's not bad. It wasn't yeah. bad. I don't know what it's like now. But um, the VO2 max, I'd probably puke. Yeah, that'd be my worst for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably puke too. I I have decent like I have decent. So I for me it would be maybe VO2 VO2 max. Yeah, you'd be okay at that. I think I'd be okay with it. Like I'm I'm pretty good at going at high intensity. Yeah, but for like it's so it's. But I'd say pull ups probably. Or single leg squats. So for VO2, it's the initial workload is set at 2 kp and increased 1 every 2 minutes for the first 3 levels at a cadence of 70 revolutions per minute. No, it, it, it's disgusting. It's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, gross. I, I just can't see myself being good at No, that. it'd be tough. It'd be tough. Yeah. Single, would, uh, like any of the leg exercises would be my best. You're looking for the calf exercise. <laughs> That's right. I would, uh, I feel like some balance calf raises. board is probably my best. Ah, um, honestly, I can jump decently high. I think mm-hmm. I don't like. I just would be bad at most of these. <laughs> but I cannot jump all that high. <laughs> Shocker. Well, Oof. do they measure like how far you come off the ground? I guess so. Yes. Yeah. Between feet and ground, or oh, like Rager Texan, like uh, me doing agility would be the death of my knees. Yeah, it would kill my knees. There's no <laughs> way. Like especially my, I I tear my knee out. Sat's like screaming while doing the none of the agility tests. ones. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd snap my knee. Uh, okay, next one, Justin in East Van. If you went on a one-week road trip starting in Vancouver, where would you go? Starting in Vancouver. That's where we are right now. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. No worries. How far could you get in a week? Well, it depends you can on get pretty far actually. Yeah. How, how much you stop? Yeah. How and how long you're driving per day? I'd probably go down Pacific Highway. Make like my way down as far to California as I could. I think I agree. 
feel like that's it's the, the most obvious one. Yeah, you know, probably stop watch a couple ball games if I could. You San know, San Fran and whatever else. Yeah, I you know. Now I've been to California. Not to say like I wouldn't want to do a road trip. I would. Yeah, I've always wanted to go up to like Yukon and Alaska. I, I go the that. other way. Yeah, you know, go to Alaska. I yeah. just drive, drive drive all the way up. Go yeah. north. Go go as high north as I can and see just the amazing scenery. Yeah, I don't know if that drive is. I guess it would be as nice, equally scenic. Depends. I mean, I don't know much about it. If it would yeah. be scenic, unless you have to go inland a lot and then hit back yeah. out, then that if that's would, the that case, would the that wouldn't be fun. But you know, I have to look into it. You know, if you go south, you can pretty much ride the coast the whole time. Yeah. Uh, next one. What about like Yosemite Park National Park? What if the volcano blew? Is there a volcano there? No. Is there? Am I thinking about something? Yellowhead. Is that what I'm thinking yeah. about? Or yellow, whatever it is. Uh, you can make it to. <laughs> can you make it to Grand Canyon? Mm. Probably. Here, let's just check out Google Maps <laughs> That's right now. That's what Google Maps Maybe is we for. Done that Grand <laughs> Canyon, Arizona. How far to the Grand Canyon? It's a lot of miles. Yeah, you're really doing a number on your car. Mm-hmm. Would you rent a car? Probably. Save your car the, the trouble? Probably. <laughs> it's so, too far. Because when I went to uh, Arizona, that Did was you like, drive? No, no, no. We, mm. we took... Oh, you know what? You know, it says it would only take, if you're driving from here to Grand Canyon, 24 hours straight. Okay. We'll get there in like a day and a half. Yeah. Maybe make a pit stop in Vegas on the way back, and that's your road trip. Not as scenic until you get to Grand Canyon, I think. <laughs> yeah. There's but, probably something but, on the way. So this isn't uh, the scenic one. This is one that cuts through. You have to go like through the interior to get there. Then yeah. it get, you get there faster. But if you want to take the scenic route, it takes over a day. Hmm. But yeah. you got a week. You got a week. You got plenty of time. Yeah. Can make Split some stops along days. the way. It's actually not bad. We should do it. Should we do it one weekend? <laughs> Grand Canyon. <laughs> I'm free. Let's go, I'm fellas. Free this weekend. Oh, you got the dinner. Never mind. We can do it on a three-day weekend. <laughs> should we do? It? Should we do it once? We can just do it and do the show from the Grand Canyon. So, like next week is <laughs> no right. Reason. Next week, right after we finish our free agency broadcast. <laughs> Grand Canyon. All right, Grand Canyon, here we come. The Monday broadcast is from the Grand Canyon. <laughs> we can easily do it. We can we can do yeah, remote broadcast. Do what, what's the purpose? Can we take the station vehicle? <laughs> I don't know, man. We're committing to the bit. I don't know. That's radio true. used to be fun. Before, you'd be like, let's just do you, you know, back in the day on radio, you, literally, you would have this conversation. Then two weeks later, there'd be a contest about driving to Grand Canyon. It could gr- it could make for great content, you know, right after the Canucks sign uh, Barbashev to a $42 million seven-year deal. It's like... Hello, darkness, my old friend. And yes. <laughs> Just make some sad videos by the Grand Canyon. Uh, Phil says Yellowstone National Park. It's great. That's the one I'm thinking about, the big, big uh, volcano or whatever it is. Also, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Marcus and Gibson's. In a week, you can make it to Dildo, Newfoundland. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Always could. wanted to see it. <laughs> Yellowstone. Wow, that show took a turn for the worse. I don't know. Yeah. Can't do it anymore. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we'll end with this one. Discount Dracula. What is the most refreshing drink that isn't water? That cool, refreshing drink. Um, that lemonade. isn't water? That is not water. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about beverages, I I love me an Aperol Spritz in the summer. Aperol Spritz. Sometimes, yep. and like, I, I wouldn't say I have a, a crazy amount of pop, but sometimes a really cold Coke. Yeah. You're right. In the for, summertime, for the first couple sips. I will say, like a, like a, yeah, like an ice cold Coke Zero. If I'm like, I, I would find a, a Sprite to be more refreshing. Yeah. Than a, than a Coke. Mm. 
yeah, mean, th- I, 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 th- I find any any of those drinks with sugar mm. is not refreshing to me. Like <laughs> I find myself to be thirsty if I have one that has sugar. Yes. Like afterwards, like I have a glass of water. <laughs> um, most refreshing drink. Iced tea. I'd say an iced tea, but like not one of the sugary ones. Like yeah. a like a real brewed iced tea. Oh, like an American iced tea. Yes. Mm. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna say, <laughs> um, honestly, like just just soda water with like lime or something. Mm. I hate soda water. Yeah, <laughs> like I like a good I like a good seltzer, but just soda water for the that's refreshing. Because then you get the water. fizz, you get the fizz, and then like you drink it and you're you're yeah. quenched. Like after you have a glass of that, like you don't need any more. Like you're quenched. I you have like a sugary drink or a sweet drink. You drink it. You're like you want the second one almost. I feel like the the two Utes behind the glass they they don't they don't appreciate soda water. No, they don't. No. Honestly, no. as like, as you get older, you just appreciate it soda more. water. Yeah, you do. It doesn't hydrate. <laughs> I feel thirsty when I drink soda water. I'm a, I'm a still guy. The two Utes. Uh, all right, it's Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. You've been listening to the Mailbag on Canuck Central.